RDTDaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Good evening, as they say at the Adams family. At the Adams family, in the Adams family, as the Adams family say, my hair is sticking up. My name is Tara Devlin. Hello, I'm drinking out of my horn cup. Because I'm on the, I'm on the same time right now as Bob Kincaid. He's doing a live show. And Tara Jr., come on, man. He's knocking the microphone out of my face. That's not nice. Good evening. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas Eve. Is it happy? Yeah, it's good. I figured I'd do a Tara Buster. I should have coordinated with Bob. That's what I was thinking. I was going on air and I saw Bob was also live. And I thought, we should have done a coordinated thing. I wonder if that could be possible. I wonder if Bob could call in to Tara Buster somehow. And we can all, we can be on the show at the same time. Come on, Junior. He's knocking the microphone out of my face. Sit down, please. How's everybody doing? If, uh, who's everybody? Are people even going to watch? Or who knows? Not everybody has family to go to. I'm doing the show for all of us. I'm doing the show for them. I'm not going anywhere this Christmas. I'm not into it, to tell you the truth. I don't feel like going anywhere. I have a couple of people coming over tomorrow. I'm a Buddhist, so we're going to do some Buddhist. We're going to do some uh, Buddhist shit. We're going to do some chanting of Namyoho Rengekyo, and we're going to hang out and see if there's some place that has some food who the hell knows i don't know i'm relaxing i'm looking forward to not waking up early that's one of the things uh, maybe i'll get some rest I, f I haven't had a good night's sleep since since 1972 so i'm hoping i'll get some sleep tonight that'd be nice i figured i'll sleep when i'm dead that's my my motto i'll be sleeping a long time as we all will be not to be morose. I mean, it is Christmas Eve. Oh, or Saturnalia. I, I prefer to celebrate Saturnalia. I can't... I'm just pronouncing it like that because I can't... I don't have a very nice voice. People called and said... Not called. I got an email from somebody who said that he hated my voice. I don't know what the purpose of that was. I've been talking about that in therapy. <laughs> Obviously, I've been talking about it here. I call it the... Ther this is the therapy hour for the resistance. It's kind of like my therapies. So, thank you. Thank you, Haiku, in the chat room. Yeah. I'm glad to see you guys. I got your email, Haiku. We can discuss it if you like. Maybe I'll discuss it right now. Yes. Okay, here's the thing. Oh, might, might as well. Might as well. Have you... Let's see... He says, you probably getting ready for the show. Here's what I noticed. Chat room is filling up faster. New chatters contributing more. Yes, I've noticed. That's great. This is all good signs. I'm really optimistic about the future of this show and RDT Daily, even though we need, we need patrons. That's the bottom line. We need people to support these endeavors. The progressive media, you're looking at it. 
but I see it becoming more popular and more people. That's all it takes. We just need, we just stick together. We win. We need each other. That's how we're going to survive. Literally, the show's going to survive and uh, we're going to survive. So, so let's see. Uh, relentlessly consistent ch- super chats. Yes. I've also noticed specials get about 60% of the views of the Saturday shows. That says to me, 60% of your YouTube listeners are not going to miss a show, no matter what. And the rest will miss a, sh- a Saturday show, no matter what. Bottom line is 6 of 10 listeners are very passionate, passionate about the show. That's big. Yes. That's good. Thank you. That's great. And I couldn't do it without you, Haiku. Really. I've also noticed, chatter, noticed chatters are picking up on the tarathon when you go over two hours. It's true. Sometimes I just can't shut up. So I don't know about that. I don't know about tonight. We'll see what happens, as Trump would say. As Trump ruined. He ruined that statement, too. If you like the idea of labeling the weekday shows, why not just start now? Weekday special was appropriate when they were few and far between. Now you're doing them almost consistently every week, which is good, but... I think they're becoming super regular. The special moniker is becoming incongruous. Meh, I guess so, right? I can help if you'd like. Some guerrilla marketing in the chat. When you come on for a Tuesday show, yes, is it okay if I chat? Yay, Tuesday Dirty Tricks. Yes, it is okay. That'd be great. Wednesdays we win until you decide on the launch. Yes, I understand. The, the, that's the thing, though, with the weekdays. They all, I guess, I understand. It's not special. We're, I'm trying to do them regularly during the week. So, but I don't know exactly what day they can be. I'm going, I'm trying to do at least one a week during the week, but it, I, I can't really nail down a specific day. So that's why I guess it's special in that way, but it's not really special. It's really kind of up in the air. So I guess we'll we'll do it hit and miss, like you're saying. Wednesdays we win, Tuesday dirty tricks. You had a couple of others that I I have. I don't remember them all off the top of my head, but different branding things. It's great. Okay. Now your sound needs some tweaking. I understand this. There's a huge sound floor, the mic is picking up lots of room noise, and then the sound is the sound output is quieter than other channels. I wish I knew more about sound. Me too. The fact is, I'm in my living room, hon. This is my house. What can I do? It's not a studio. It's, I got this mic. Somebody who is a listener, who who is an audio engineer, wrote me one day and said, your sound sucks. This is the mic you need. You need to get this, that, and the other thing. And that's what I did. I, I bought this mic. I bought a couple of other things that he suggested it and it really improved but the fact is i'm not in a studio this is a living room (laughs) so i don't know i really don't know what to do i guess maybe get some of those pads to put on the wall perhaps why not Let's see. Yes, and when I play a live clip on the show, the sound is a lot louder. I know. I don't understand that either because that's the Ecamm. I have uh, an Ecamm. I got to write them to see what the hell that problem is because Ecamm gives you some controls for movie, the Skype channel, and me and the mic channel. But 
it's really not a lot of control at all. It's the volume going up and down, and that's about it. And it looks right in what I'm what I'm looking at, but there's, it's not very high tech, to put it honestly. So I don't know. Maybe I need a different program than Ecamm. Ecamm is just easy. I can I let it rip and it 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 works with Restream and I don't know maybe somebody maybe if someone out there knows some who does podcasting who knows they can let me know what they use I was I was actually thinking of reaching out to some people that I see doing podcasts and see, ask them what they use but I haven't gotten around to it <laughs> All right that's not the show this is not a show nobody wants to hear this shit but the yeah i mean we do what we can we keep doing it anyway that's how, that is the the meaning of life oh look i didn't even change the roku screen screen to my screen let's see this this is how high tech it is i usually when my tv's on i have the the aquarium going let's see here we go Come on. Boom. Tarabuster. There you go. See? It's just... That's all it is. is a picture. All right. Yeah. But, like I always say, we do it anyway. This is how I got through life. I'm getting through life. I do it anyway. I get out of bed anyway. I fight anyway. That's why I say... That's how I... When I share about my addiction... And that was a whole other part of my life. But I, I say I got clean anyway. In spite of how I felt, I did it anyway. I went one day at a time anyway. So that's how we're going to do this. We're going to have this show anyway. In spite of the, all the challenges, the, the inconsistencies, the shitty audio, <laughs> the cats running around um those aren't those aren't features i mean those aren't bugs those are features the cat so yeah and the fact is we're going to this is how we're going to win anyway we will stand up anyway i'm talking about the win this country back from the the grips of fascism we're going to do it anyway regardless i was talking to a, a friend of mine the other day, who's actually one of the business partners of RDT Daily, which ain't much business partner, I'll tell you that. He's just somebody who knows a little bit about business. I have, I have no idea. But he, you know, he's a liberal, a normal person. And we were talking about the president, uh, about, not the president, the, the, the primary. And he was saying, oh, I really like Buttigieg. Of course, I went off on that. I kind of set him straight. He, this is what I'm saying. He's he's a liberal, but he's not he's not like us. He's not as engaged. He sees he's on the periphery. He considers himself a normal person. Of course he is. He he votes Democratic. He knows that the the Republicans are fascists who are destroying the country. He and they're they're vile wastes of human DNA. He is aware of that, but he's not as in, involved he's he's not reading everything every day he's not watching the news he's not 
you know, he hears. That's what happens. That's why the big lie is so effective, because you repeat it again and again and again, and it gets into the minds of people who are too busy to pay attention. So, and then he was saying how, you know, I kind of said I'm straight on Buttigieg, because Buttigieg, honestly, I feel, I know a lot of people, whatever, if you like him, um, I don't know why, but he's, to me, he's a phony, and he's part of the problem. He's part of the reason we're in the situation we're in, where the where there is a twiddler. The only re- the only way a Twitler can get into power is when the Democratic Party, when the liberals, the 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 representatives who are supposedly fighting for the working class, betray the working class. Th- that's how he was able to get in there. This is how Republicans be- are uh, they're they're in power. Besides the uh, the fact that they, on top of everything else that they do. Voter suppression, the, the rigging of elections, the uh, uh, the electronic voting machines, everything that we're up against. On top of that, the 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 working class voted. Ma- many of the working class, of course, a lot of them. It has to do with racism, of course, too. But it into that economic insecurity steps. A twiddler, and that can only come about when the the representatives and the parties of the when the party of the people, the Democratic Party, turns its back on the people, and that's what they did. That's why everything is so goddamn complex. That's the other thing. the The solution is not that complex. We know what needs to be done, like Obamacare. It's uh, they the Republicans complain how b- these bills are so many pages, how 800 pages, 900 pages, because we know they're infants. So but that's has nothing to do with it. But they it's all this complexity to wrap around because they, what they're doing is trying to wrap some kind of sanity around an insane, broken system. They're trying to uh, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's like putting wallpaper on 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 your walls when the walls are moldy and rotten and you you really just need to redo the goddamn thing so and anyway so he was saying um i'm like he's like he said who do you want to win i was like bernie of course oh he'll never win he'll never win he doesn't have a chance no chance no chance why why do we not believe how much do we hate ourselves? I guess we do. I guess we hate ourselves a lot. We don't deserve to have a real representative of the people. We don't. We can't wrap our minds around the, someone who works for the working class. And it's just so far left. You, and that's what he was saying. You can't have somebody too far left. Another with this too far left shit. When what's too far left? When you're hanging by a thread, what is too far left? When you're the least upwardly mobile country of all the OECD nations, what's too far left? No, you have to get left. And in fact, what Bernie proposes is not nearly as far left as FDR, as policies that we've already had in this country. He's not talking about a 90% top marginal tax rate. He's talking about like whatever it was. I don't even know. 70, 60, 50. I'm not sure. But it's not 90, but that's what we had. We had these things. We had government directly putting people to work. We had the CCC, the WPA, 
you know, and the only reason that it didn't, uh, that we don't have universal health care is because FDR died. And what he was talking about with the second Bill of Rights, that's, uh, that's, that's Bernie. So it's very American. I'm so sick of these filthy fascists. There's nothing on There's nothing American about them. Why is it American? It's uh, the, it's the redefining of what it means to be an American. Being not a greed-centered ghoul. That's what being American means now. Being a greed-centered ghoul who leaves people behind, leaves your fellow Americans behind. Oh, we can't have that. It's too, he's too far left. Meanwhile, in reality, here in reality, imagine if we had a media that promoted the policies that we need to rectify and fix this broken democracy as the patriotic imperatives they are. And instead of attacking Bernie and whether you're mocking him or there's the Bernie blackout on the corporate media and talking about how he'll never win, he'll never win. Meanwhile, he'll never win. He's 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 in second place consistently without any help from the corporate media. And Joe Biden is at the top, of course, because Americans, the people don't know what the hell they're doing. They don't know. They're they're busy. They know Joe Biden. They hear about him. I remember when I knocked on doors for John Kerry and someone said to me, oh, I don't I'm not voting for him. I don't like his wife. This is what they this is how they they judge and pick things. You don't like his wife. So let me slit my own throat because I don't like John Kerry's wife. And here we are. Looks like you're all alone in the chat room, Haiku. <laughs> it's lonely. It's lonely on the, at the top, isn't it? I feel you. All right, hold on a second. That's why I was saying, t I'm thinking, Bob, Bob should call in to the show. I wonder if he can. Hold on a second. I'm going over to Facebook to see if Bob is... Because Bob is on the air from five o'clock now and let me see he f he i wonder if he's posting on rdt daily am i a bernie bot <laughs> someone at the on the facebook chat says are you i don't okay guys on facebook john johnson give me a shout out hello john and Billy Bosnell, are you a Bernie bot? Is that, am I a bot? I feel fucking real. I'll tell you that. But I am a Bernie bro, I suppose. What is a Bernie bro? It's somebody who wants to win and wants to ensure that a Twitler never rises again and inflicts finally the last nail in the coffin on us with uh, fascism. I don't know. Am I a Bernie bot? And what does that even mean, am I a Bernie bot? A bot is not a real thing. I'm, a re I'm very real. I'm too real. Oh. <laughs> oh, Christ, I just changed the world. Okay, that's back, okay. I am real. I'm so real, it's not even funny half the time. I'm like, this is too real. It's like when I went, when I was younger, not younger, I took a friend of mine, her, her daughter was younger, let's put it that way. 
and we went to see a 3D movie at the at the Museum of Natural History here in New York. It was about dinosaurs, dinosaurs. And when the dinosaurs came out at her, like, you know, she was very scared and took off her 3D glasses and said, "This is just too 3D." So that's how it is. It's this is just too real. It's real. This is what then you know what's real. The fact is that uh, if we do not get a candidate that people want to vote for, that Twitler will be reelected. That is that's the bottom line, and it's that and that's not someone who is who uh, 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 appealing to Republicans. Didn't we try that before? How did that work out in 2016? I remember that was Hillary, too. She could get the moderate Republicans, the ones who wanted to, who, who, was, who were the never-Trumpers, the ones who hated Trump. How did that work out? Here we are. So if we don't get somebody, my, my, I am 100% correct in this. I know people think they're correct. I know that... Joe Biden thinks he's correct. I know that Joe Scarborough thinks he's correct. And thinking, what, what, what is wrong with Democrats and thinking that they're going to get Republican votes? That's how they're going to win an election. That's how, they, that's how they're going to take back this country, by wooing Republicans. That's bullshit. The fact is, what we are promoting with people, what the left, it's not even that left. We're talking about policies that built the middle class to begin with. And joining the rest of the world and having health care as a right of citizenship, not a privilege of wealth. These are not too far left. This is the something, these are policies that will that will save this country from being an entrenched oligarchy by from being the kind of system the founders fought a revolution to escape where the rich run and own everything and everybody else knows their place that's the end of the story of the trajectory we are on so am i a bernie bot the fa- i will um vote for whoever is the democratic nominee of course but I mean, I'm I'm hoping it's somebody that people want to get out to vote for. We know that Hillary lost by whatever it was, 10,000, 20,000 votes in in these crucial counties. But and we also know that people said that they were either going to vote for Bernie or they were going to vote for um Trump because they were sick of the insiders they're sick of the the Buttigieg's in the wine caves picking our picking our presidents but they didn't say Buttigieg at the time I'm sick of that I'm sick of that shit this is why we are where we are this is why there is a twitler in the White House right now well right now I don't know where the hell he is but he, whatever he is wherever he is he's on our dime it's wasting money we are, that's how sick we are as a society. We are spending money flying this orange asshole around the, the country to play golf and tweet and divide the country and act like an asshole on the international stage. This is what we're doing. So he can use our taxpayer money to 
strong arm other leaders into giving the appearance of an ele- of an investigation so he can smear a political rival for his own personal benefit twitler is a is um is the is not the problem he's a symptom what what's wrong with us why are we flying him around why is it he 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 walks in a room we are the idiots who who play hail to the chief that shit needs to stop. He didn't win. He, he received fewer votes. And he's dishonoring the entire country with his behavior. He's a traitor. And, you know, just like Nancy Pelosi said, they, the founders, they predicted a rogue executive. But they never predicted a rogue executive and a criminal en- enabler as the, um, you know, whatever, as uh, the head of the Republican party or whatever party, keeping him in place. Oh, brother. What are the chat room? Haiku says there's another chat room. Everyone is over there. Where? What chat room? Am I in the wrong place? Hmm. This is a real, this show is like off the, off the hook over here. (laughs) It's off the rails. It's off the hook. What other chat room? What is going on? Trashing Dems isn't the way to win, Tara. What is the, I'm not trashing them. It's like, I, I don't feel like I'm trashing them. I'm telling uh, the truth. It's like Harry Truman said, I don't give them hell. I tell the truth, and they think it's hell. YouTube gl- glitch with the restream. This is weird. That is weird. Is there two streams going out at the same time? Yeah, and plus this is a primary. I don't find Bernie inspiring. He's good at uh, problem identification, not so much at solutions. Are you serious? What do you mean solutions? If it wasn't for Bernie, the, we, the many counties and, 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 and states in the United States wouldn't have $15 minimum wage. We passed it here in New York. That was Bernie. I mean, I don't know. You tell, let me give, call me back when uh, Amy Klobuchar can, can fill 40,000 people in, in Queensboro Park. One is still waiting to go live on YouTube. Well, at least we... Oh, shit. Holy shit. I just realized what, I'm di- what I did wrong. Okay, at least we have... It is going out, though. One, a stream is going live. But, okay. Ah, fuck. Anyway, as long as one is going out, we're fine. But I know what you're saying. I, I made a mistake. We do have we do have some people over in another YouTube chat. This is this show's going to suck for anybody on the podcast, but it is what it is. Well, I'll I'll get into it. Well, it'll it'll get better. I promise. As soon as I figure out what the fuck I did wrong, I'm trying to find you guys. I know what I did, but there's no way I can re I can fix it during while we're on the air. Hmm. 
Hmm. I'm just trying to find you. So I can see. I don't see, because I don't see the chat. I see some chats. I have this Restream app that has chats, but I don't see... I only see certain chats. I don't see the full... I don't see the real one. Anyway, whatever. I guess I'll just have to live with it. Okay, now I see you. All right. Yeah, okay, because the other... I see it says multi-streaming with restream. Thankfully, it went out. I don't know. The 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 one that I set up didn't didn't go out because I fucked it up. So anyway, I always know. I knew it was something I was forgetting. It was one of those things. There's so many things I have to press before we go on the air. All right. Yay, I see you now. Very good. All right. That channel, we can just ignore that channel. It's not it's not going live. Glad that you guys are here. I see you. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank God we could say Merry Christmas again. That's another thing. Because, I mean, even that in itself, the fact that they, they have to fucking ruin everything, even the saying of Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays, what is wrong with that? It's the same, oh, I don't know, 2 PC. What is 2 PC? It means you can't be bothered with being a decent human being. It's too much trouble for you to live in a society where other people might, uh, might expect some respect. Just you, where you have to be a normal, polite, decent person. You can't be bothered with all that liberal shit, right? Of being nice. But these are the people that think they're all about Jesus and love, and they, they hate Jesus. They hate love. If you can't be bothered just to say, happy holiday, what the fuck? You don't know what holiday people are celebrating. So that's why, because we are a multicultural nation, and Republicans hate America, you see, that they hate it, it's cognitive dissonance, meets the Dunning-Kruger effect because they hate America, but they think they're such patriots. And they, they, how, do, how do they hate America? Know them by their fruits. Know them, how they, it's know them for, by their friends and how they behave. If this country, this country is a nation of immigrants. There's no getting around it. I know they hate that. It's like they're, it's like somebody hating themselves. Do you know what I mean? You just hate your whoever you are. It's like it's like for myself personally. I know I understand. I know what it's like because being in the closet for growing up in a society that's that hates gays, that is gay bashes as a as a holy obligation, and you grow up and you 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 have to overcome that self loathing and and it's a constant process. It doesn't just happen once. And you constantly have to revalidate your your self-worth. You know what I mean? So I understand that how um, self-loathing is very insidious. And that's why the Republicans, I, I, I see it in them. They hate America. You see what I'm saying? So it's sort of like they overcompensate so somebody in the closet might overcompensate by being by being a, being a gay basher that's one of the telltale signs of of someone who is a who's closeted they are they're homophobic and they they go over the top they gay, they gay bash they you know they'll talk about women disparagingly and things like that they'll try to be real macho 
I mean, I can think of many examples. In fact, I'm thinking of this guy I know who is who was who was a veteran, and I know him for many years. And he's he's fucking gay. Okay, now he's married though. Okay, between me and you, he's not listening to the show. But he one of the reasons, in my opinion, in my Psych 101 analysis, he's he constantly. Um, relapses, you know, in addiction over and over again. And I believe it has to do with his inability to accept himself. Do you know what I mean? Always trying to be something he's not. And that sucks. That's a heavy burden. And, you know, I, that's, that's what I think about Republicans. When you say you're, you, they're all about the, with this fucking red, white, and blue everywhere, overcompensating for this so-called love of America when they hate everybody in America. You cannot be a patriot and say you love America, but yet hate everybody in America because being a patriot, the definition of of patriot is fellow countrymen, meaning you give a shit about your fellow countrymen. And so if you're... uh, if you hate this country, you just hate the foundation of this country. You hate the Native Americans, clearly, because they're non-white. And you hate yourself because you hate the country, because it's a nation of immigrants, and you just don't like that. That's why you're blocking immigration and, and stopping, I mean, legal immigration. This is what they're... This is what Republicans are doing because they are they really fundamentally hate this country and they hate they also hate the they hate democracy on top of that. That's why they're all they're they're great with Twitter. And it was and they have always been about putting a king in charge. Ultimately, they're all this unitary executive. What is this bullshit about unitary executive? The unit. Remember, I mean, uh, during the Bush years, Cheney was all about this unitary executive theory. What is that? It's the the president has the uh, all ultimate power. And I played a clip on the show the other day of one of these Fox News assholes saying, "How can a president abuse his power? He has ultimate power. That's what they think. That's not a president, though. That's a king." The, the, and Republicans have always been about re- limiting the right to vote. Uh, dumbass, d- you know, people like us, the normal, the huddled masses, the 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 uh, general welfare. Fuck them. We, they're about uh, putting the rich in charge, and everybody else can go whatever, go uh, go pray, go eat cake. It's really true. Unitary executive. And it's another way that Republicans there and conservatives. I mean, when I'm saying Republicans, it's really conservatives. They wrap all of their bullshit in the veneer of legitimacy by giving it names like unitary executive. Oh, it's a theory. The unitary executive theory or the originalism theory. This is that's the one I really can't stand. Originalism which I, I, I've done many rants on that, the originalism, is such ridiculous, um, has absolutely no place in any modern society. What are you talking about, originalism? Even the founders knew 
that the the country would change. That's why they made the Constitution. Uh, they gave us a way to adapt the Constitution. They didn't say this is written in stone. We've come down from the mountain with these tablets, and you must abide by them because we are infallible and we know the fucking future. I mean, it's bad enough we have to sit here and succumb to the whims of giant man-babies who pray to a gigantic man-baby on a cloud because of some ancient book of fables. That's bad enough. Wait, I gotta move this cat. You see this cat? It's like a, it's like a pillow. It's like a cat pillow. Say hello, Junior. Yeah. You don't care. You don't listen. But, yes. So they wrap their bullshit in the veneer of legitimacy, a unitary executive. What does that mean? That you have no... There's Oh, you got something called Article 2? There's uh, no one can check you. There's no checks and balances. There's no co-equal branch. You're just the king. That's why Republicans... I've been saying this um, over and over... I really believe, in fact, today I was listening to Tom Hartman on my, uh, you know, just on my, my commute or whatever, and I don't know if it was a repeat today, but he said he wrote an article about breaking the country up, and I meant to look it up, and I, let me see if I can find it, and I was like, holy shit, thank goodness, I'm, uh, I'm I'm hearing this in the public consciousness. Did he write it? Break the... Oh, no, this was... Uh, here we go. Hmm. I don't know if this was a new... That's why I, I don't know if we... If this was an old... A best of or something like that. You know what I mean? Oh, here it is. From Salon. Radio host Tom Hartman says, if Trump's reelected, we may slide straight into fascism. Okay, that's not... Yes, we know. Of course, it, if that's the, that's the case. Let me see. On Wednesday night... This is by Chauncey DeVega. On Wednesday night, the Democrats held their fifth presidential primary debate. It was largely an interesting affair, presenting an opportunity for Democratic candidates to position themselves as being the most electable among their peers and being able to defeat Donald Trump. A far more exciting backdrop was provided by public impeachment hearings. Blah, 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 blah. We know. We lived it. Uh, public opinion and other re research suggests that the Democratic Party nominee should defeat Donald Trump in 2020. But which Democrats now running has the best chance? Will Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, or some other candidate be a champion of American democracy against the tyrant in waiting who now occupies the Oval Office? Okay, whatever. This is a long interview. What is your assessment of the rule of law? What would Walter Cronkite have done? Well, Tom Hartman says, I do not believe Donald Trump would have become president if, if there were, were a Walter Cronkite and that type of serious news program. That's true. The news is a joke. I mean, that's why I ask you guys, not that this is news. My This show isn't news. We're not a news-gathering show. This is, this is pure punditry. This is pure getting around the uh, campfire, as Mike Malloy says, to, to support each other and to share the real truth of what's going on in this effing country 
so we can get out there and fight another day for the the dreams and the promises of our founding documents. That's really the truth. And we need to support each other, and that's what we do. So this is not news, but it's uh it's a way that we spread the truth and get it out there. I believe that th- my feeling is, frankly, I'm really sick of these filthy disgusting republicans i'm sick of them inflicting their manias on society destroying democracy and inflicting their 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 fascism on us destroying this country despite receiving fewer votes they all over including in the senate even though they have a majority the democrats won they won over one million more votes yet there is a a Republican majority in the Senate. That's that's because this country is rigged. The elections are rigged for the for the the filthy fascist Republicans, and that's not democracy. So I live in a in a populated state. I live in New York City, and not that that's. I mean, I love New York City, but I'm saying my my why is it my senators the two people they have the same amount of representation to people as Kentucky, as Kansas. Now, right now in, where is this? I think it's Kansas. They're offering $1,500 for, to people, for people to move there. So let me see. Try, uh, they're not doing that here. You can't, there's not enough room for people. Topeka, Kansas is offering up to $1,500 incentive just to move there. Have you ever looked on a map and wondered where else you might want to live? You might want to consider Topeka, Kansas. Under a pilot program called Choose to Be Topeka, the capital city is offering incentives worth up to $1,500. Not $1,500, 15000 I'm sorry, which is a little better. 1500 I mean, maybe that's all they could they could they could shake out of their couches. After who's who's the Kansas representative? Is it which one is that Kansas rep? I'm sure it's a bunch of real winners. Let's see. We they got senators. Ron Estes. I know he's a he's a piece of shite. Kansas Senators. Which one is it? I know it's somebody I hate. Jerry Moran. Is that a state senator? What the hell is going on here? Who is the senator from Kansas? Guys, do you guys know that? Governor, Attorney General... Mm-hmm. I'll just talk bunks myself. Pat Roberts. Hmm. Jerry Moran. I guess so. I thought it was someone more re- repugnant, even though they are all repugnant. But I, I thought it was someone with more like, a, you know, like a Steve Scalise or somebody. But he's a representative anyway. Whatever. It's hard to keep all these little worms straight. You know what I mean? 
Uh oh, wait, hold on. Something just happened to my computer. Here we go. All right. Pat Roberts, Chris Kobach, yeah, all of these freaks. Kansas. Chris Kobach, isn't he? He's the voter fraud guy who is, is kicking people off the voting rolls, despite the fact that there is no voter fraud. Republicans hate elections. They hate democracy, just like I was saying. Wait, hold on. Get that. Ah! Just pulled my, my earpiece out. Let's see. Recently, one of Trump's, one, one Trump and Z admitted publicly, publicly that they, they're, vo- they're suppressing votes. And then when he was confronted by the, by the press, you know, the fake news, he said, oh, uh, you're, you're, you're fake news. You're taking me out of context. Trump campaign advisor tells Wisconsin Republicans in secret recording that voting place tactics will be stepped up. Traditionally, it's always been Republicans suppressing vote, votes in places. Senior political advisor and Trump campaign senior counsel, counsel tells Republican lawyers in Madison, Wisconsin. I mean, they say this thing because they say it to each other. They don't think it's going to get out. But... It gets out, and they tell the truth every now and then. And it gets, and, and then when it catches up to them, they just lie. Oh, uh, you you took me out of context. I never said that. Stop being fake news. And th- there you go, right? Even that in itself, calling the press the enemy of the people, stirring up this fake news Bullshit. If you are a Trump and you call yourself a, a patriot and you're attacking the press like that, calling the press the enemy, enemy of the people, the only profession enshrined in the Constitution and in our founding documents as necessary for having a free populace and a, and a functioning society, you should be ashamed of yourself. You're not a Democrat. You're not a not a Democrat. You're not a you don't like democracy. You don't like America. You're anti-American. If you're going around knocking the very pillars of a democratic society, then you are you are the enemy of the people, not the press. And you should look at yourself. But instead, why don't forget looking at yourself? I'm tired. You know what? I've been looking at myself my whole life. That's why I'm still alive. God damn it. I'm lucky. I had to look at myself, and sometimes it, it's it was hard, and I had to change, and I had to change a lot of things about my life. I'm talking about my addiction, and it's not easy. But taking a hard look at yourself, saying what works and what doesn't work—that's what any functioning adult has to do. Whatever levels, some people have less. Uh, traumas and dramas god bless them but that's what the a functioning society needs to do that as well what we have to look at ourselves and say this is working that's not working but the republicans won't allow us that moment of reflection because they ultimately don't want a functioning society they would be happy if we were a neo-feudal state and they could 
have the rich running everything. They have their barons owning different little serfdoms where you could, uh, they, I mean, really it is a neo-corporate, I mean, a neo-feudal corporate state. That's what they have in store for us. It's, I'm not, it's not um, hyperbolic to say it. It's, and don't think that it couldn't happen. It is happening. What do you think it is when you, we have this bullshit employer-based um, health system? That, that's a form of that. Well, you're not free if you can't leave a job because you can't lose health care. And you're, you have to find another lord to go serve if you, need, if you want health care. That is bullshit. We have to be we have to be good little serfs. You don't want to you don't want to offend your betters, or they might take your health care away, like the strikers, like the GM workers who went on strike. They weren't good serfs. They stood up. They said no, and then their lord he was displeased, so he took their health care away from the serfs because we are only we're only alive by the graces of our betters. You see. Just like in the found uh, all the systems, the 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 Western, dem- uh, not democratic, the Western, uh, the history of Western civilization, just like all for thousands of years, that's our natural lords. They were born in the in positions of power. If God wanted them, God wanted them that way. If God didn't want you to be a serf toiling in the fields begging your betters for a trickle, He would have made you. One, he would have made you a baron or lord. You would have been born into the right family. That's the system that they are rebuilding. Don't, I mean, I'm not being, uh, you know, dramatic here. It's the truth. That's what they're rebuilding. What do you think it means when they, I mean, right now we have that system. When you have to be good, you can't be a bad little serf or you might lose your health care. You can't get out there and say, hell no. You can't tell them. You can't be like, uh, uh, sorry, I won't work for less than this amount or I demand a living wage. If the CEOs are running away with the bank, we deserve as workers who create labor, who make the world go round, who create the, 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 the wealth that makes uh, that these assholes can sit upon that they deserve. We all deserve a piece of the pie. What is the meaning of an economy? Is it to make a few people very rich? That's the old way. That's the economic royalists. That's why FDR called them that. And we need to start calling them that again. But I was, I mean, I really believe what I'm, I think, and maybe it's just ahead of its time, but break this fucking country up already. How much are we going to bang our heads against the wall? And be and be uh, like, oh, pretty please. Can we have a civilization that works? Can we please have public financing of campaigns? Can we please ha- please have clean air, clean water? Can we please do something for uh, for the general welfare over the welfare of the corporate elite? Can we, pretty please? If if not, sorry, I'm tired of these albatrosses hanging around our necks, our national necks. B- break off. Go. You don't want you don't like voters. You don't so go have your your uh, aristocracy in Kansas if you can bribe enough people to live there. 
Anyway. For Christ's sakes. Merry Christmas to you. I also, I want to make a correction, by the way. I made a mistake last week. When Well, not late, last week. A couple of days ago. When the last show that I, we went off on Sears. Sears isn't actually closed. I didn't know that. I, I guess it's like I'm a Republican in that sense. I see one Sears closing in my neighborhood, and I think it's everything. Because everything is right. It's all about me. I'm the center of the universe, right? I mean, that's the American way, right? If you see one thing close, it's like Jim Inhofe bringing a, a snowball into the, the well of the house saying, look, no climate change. I got a snowball here. It's cold out. So it's like the center of the universe. No, I'm just kidding. But Susan Schaefer who is a friend, ally, and also a patron. Patron. Patreon. She's a patron. A supporter. She told me that they're not... They haven't quite died yet. But they are on... I think what happened was... Here's an article. I came across. Sears just narrowly, narrowly escaped death. So we were talking about that Eddie Lampart asshole who 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 drove sears into the ground with his libertarian game of thrones and they right before so here's an article from money from that socialist rag money it looks like sears is still alive late on wednesday sears holding which owns kmart as well as its flagship sears store accepted a a 5.2 billion dollar takeover bid at a bankruptcy auction according to a person familiar with the matter. The bid came from ESL Investments, the hedge fund run by 56-year-old billionaire Eddie Lampert, who is also the current Sears chairman. Sears Holding filed for bankruptcy last fall, and many expected the company to close down entirely and liquidate all stores in early 2019. What this appears to mean instead, as as Reuters reported, is that roughly... 425 Sears and Kmart stores will remain open in the U.S. and that 45,000 company employees will keep their jobs. Before it becomes official, Lampert's takeover must be reviewed by a bankruptcy judge, which is reportedly expected to happen later this week. The company... A stupid ad just popped up. The company that remains will be a shell of what it once was. When, she, when Sears filed for bankruptcy last October, it had roughly 700 stores, compared to around 2,005 years prior. Many more Sears stores closures have followed over the past few months, including 80 new closures in 2019 around the country. Right now, for example, Florida and Texas each have seven Sears and Kmart stores going out of business sales. As CNN noted, when the current round of Sears stores closures is finished, the company will have very little presence in the middle of the country, including not a single Sears store in Minnesota, Kansas, Kentucky, Mississippi, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Dakota, among other states. The company that Eddie Lampert is is buying, sorry, not building, 
will operate over 400 Sears and Kmart stores, mostly along the West Coast and Northeast. Many retail analysts and other observers have been surprised that Sears isn't simply closing all stores. In fact, Sears creditors and landlords appear to favor this option during the last negotiations. And there's an immense skepticism that Sears will be able to survive much longer amid competition from the likes of Home Depot, Walmart, Best Buy, and Amazon. No matter who the owner is. Here's what else shoppers can expect from Sears and Kmart in the weeks and months ahead. For now, at least, there are no more Sears closings on the horizon. Sears began the year by announcing a new round of 80 store closures. And these Sears and Kmart locations are hosting liquidations. Okay, why? I mean, now I'm reading this. I'm like, this is boring. But you get the point. What will happen to Sears warranty, gift cards, whatever? It's uh, it's up in the air. It's up in the air. Wait, hold on. Someone's texting me. I'm on the air right now. I'll get back to you ASAP. <laughs> Thank you, guys. That's why it's very loose. This is the Tara Buster weekday, and it's also Christmas Eve. So we're, we're flying by the seat of our pants, and we're playing it by ear. I'm just glad that we're all together and that we can say happy whatever, Christmas, Saturnalia, Hanukkah, happy whatever the hell, uh, Kwanzaa. Is that even a thing anymore? Does anybody actually celebrate Kwanzaa? I don't know. What do I know? I didn't see anything anything Kwanzaa-related anywhere. And I live in New York, so... Oh, hi, Tara Jr. Jr. Oh, get up here. So, the other... Let me... I wanted to talk about Saturnalia for a minute. Okay, Tara Jr. Let me see here. All right, Relax. And a couple other things. How Republicans suck. Uh, that's really that's the theme of the show tonight. When I was naming the show, I was like, "What am I going to call the show?" Yeah, Republicans. Uh, Merry Christmas. Republicans suck. It, they still suck. They and they they ruin Christmas. They ruin every goddamn day, including Christmas. And I'm sick of them. I'm sick of them co-opting Christmas and religion. Like Trump said, he's he's done more for religion. He's not only done more, he said he's done more for evangelicals and more for religion than any other fucking president. I mean, this Dumbo needs to go. He's a sick bastard. But what about the fucking idiots who put him in office? Well, who's worse, the the dumbass or the ones who elevate the dumbass to the highest executive office in the in the land? That entire party is irredeemable they there is no redeeming quality in them and they all suck that's why when joe biden talks about walk, work, working across the aisle he better get, uh, this is the problem what are you working across the aisle with you want to get things done you want to reach across the aisle what are you going to reach across the aisle? the only reason you reach across the aisle is slap them across the face reach across the aisle to what Oh, I can get things done. I'm Amy Klobuchar. What are you going to get done? The bankruptcy bill? Another fucking war? 
what are you going to get done? Uh, are you going to tweak something? Are you going to get give us uh, unemployment for 100 weeks instead of 99? It's not even 99 anymore. What are you going to do? What's, what do you get things done? This is what worries me. Oh, I, I can work with Republicans. And that and Joe Biden the other day at that debate, what he said, I can work with Republicans. I, I In fact, I'm the one. They're attacking me. And... I can, and if I can say that I can still work with them, then I'm the best person to beat them or whatever. I mean, it made no sense. So they're attacking you and your family, and that's still, you're still willing to work with them because you haven't effing learned a thing in the past 30 years. You haven't learned a thing by the way they treated Barack Obama and us by extension and the people who voted for him, the majority of Americans who put him in office. You haven't learned a thing but watching Mitch McConnell block the, the Supreme Court pick of a d twice duly elected in a landslide and a real landslide representative that the United States people put in office. He's not insulting Barack Obama. Not just insulting. It's, it's an insult. It's an abuse. That's how much Republicans hate democracy. So what is he talking about? He's going to work with them? What are you going to work with them? To do what? To, to, to ensure that the rich get richer? And that we do nothing? And the uppity working class remains the more malleable working poor? We don't do anything to fix the system. And that's why I'm so sick of listening to, oh, it's such a great economy, and I'm, I'm sick of Democrats echoing that shit. It's not a great economy. So unemployment is low, but if you can't retire, that's not a great economy. One-third can't goddamn retire, and you're saying what a great economy it is. Tell me about Stockholm Syndrome. Because that's really what we need to explore. Give me a break with this shit. I gotta work with them. What are you gonna work with them? They gotta work with you? What are we gonna work on? If there's something you can work with them on, I, I, I'd be pretty goddamn suspicious about it. What are you gonna work with them on? These are people that are actively working with uh, our, our anti-democratic adversaries. They hate this country. You're going to work with them? He's saying, oh, I know. This Trump says, I know that Ukraine, a, a complete bullshit story. I know Ukraine attacked American elections. Be Why? Because Putin told me. This is a traitor. Are you going to work with traitors and the, and the enablers of a traitor? No, you don't work with somebody who's slitting your throat. Oh, I can work with them. They, they can put the knife across your throat uh, slower, more humanely. Oh, um, it's okay. You uh, One-third can't retire. But we're Americans. We can do anything. Except retire. Except have a, have a system where the, everybody can retire. This, they don't have this problem in Norway. Okay? They don't. They don't have a problem where... Kids come out of college with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. That's not, oh, I don't want to pay for rich kids to go to school. That's called investing in your society and not turning out a generation of indentured servants. 
to banks. For Christ's sakes. Unbelievable. I can work with them. What are you going to work with? And that, what is this fallacy that they are normal? It's you give them legitimacy by ta by saying, "Oh, you're going to work with them." I I got things done. Amy Klobuchar, I can't stand her. I can I'm somebody who can get things done. Well, let's see those things. Oh, do those things have anything to do with the fact that the United States is the least upwardly mobile that everybody uh, is one paycheck away from the food bank? Last time they shut down the, the government, you had people, oh, it's such a, uh, it had all these stories on the corporate media. One story, from one story to the next, it was, this lady can't get her chemo now because she, her, the government shut down. And this lady, she can't, she's, he's wondering, now this guy, he's wondering how he's going to pay his rent. He might get evicted. And now here's a couple of people at the food bank. They don't know what they're, this is a great economy. Though, I thought it was so great. And, and then from that story, they go right into another story about like the stock market. Because we are a bunch of Stockholm Syndrome suffering dupes. For Christ's sake. I was telling, I was actually talking to my sister earlier and telling her his story. I told you the story, though. I was telling her. I don't know. I can't remember how it came up. But uh, when I was working at this company and they fired everybody, I'm, I'm a freelancer. I'm, I'm in that world. I have to work freelance. You're not a real employee. The, the corporations can get away with that. I don't know why. They must get some kind of tax benefits because they don't want to hire you. And they want to, if it gets slow, whatever, to turn around and just say, bye-bye. Bye-bye, boo-boo. So they don't have to pay benefits. This is why we're, we're people, are, they don't want to leave their jobs. You know, if somebody has a staff job, they're like, I, I can't leave. Where am I going to get my benefits? I can't. It's so hard to find another Lord to serve who can bestow uh, trickling some benefits upon me. And I might be one of those lucky ones instead of the majority of the American people who can't handle a $400 emergency. But they took all these people into a room, all the staff. One day, and they said, everybody, you're all fired, but, oh, good news, you're hired as, as freelancers now. So you had people that were there 20 years, whatever. These are staff. They had some people had vacations planned, things like that. Sorry, boo-boo. Sorry. Tough luck. Better luck next life. Maybe you should have been born on third base thinking you hit a triple. And I said to my sister, it's true. What happened? Uh, that would not happen in France. And I told, I told another friend of mine who's from France, and he said that would never happen in France because they wouldn't dare. Because if they tried that shit, what would happen is everybody would walk out. And then when they were out, uh, outside picketing, the the trucks would stop in the middle of the street. And next thing you know, every TV station would stop because this is a TV station. So every other worker in every TV station in the city would walk out in solidarity. And then the trains would stop. And then the trucks would stop in the middle of the road. And everything would fucking stop. Because the people in France know who they're up against. And they understand that every now and then, the, the filthy fascist elites who are 
constantly have our boots on our necks and I guess here in the United States of serfs and lords we're like thank you sir can I have another can you put your put your left foot and your right foot on my boot on uh, uh, of your boot on my neck please because I I, I want to be just like you I want to have a beer with you maybe one day I'll win the lottery or something but that's not here in the United States of serfs and lords. In the United States of serfs and lords, we don't understand that we're in this together. That if somebody, if one third can't retire, we all can't retire. If one American worker, if a one segment can't handle a $400 emergency, we're all in danger of that, of not being able to handle a $400 emergency. Everybody, we're in this together. And that's, and that's not a functioning society. Every politician should be ashamed that, there's a, that the majority of workers can't handle a $400 emergency. That's a failure of political leadership. And it's, but guess what, guys? It's functioning exactly as designed. So it's not, a, it's not a, by accident. Hey, hey, Junior, he's biting the wires. Stop it. Just don't look at it. Don't look at it. He can't handle it. He can't help it. He's an addict. He's addicted to wires. Don't look at it. <laughs> don't look at it, Junior. Don't look at it. That's why I tell him. Whoopsie. That's, uh, anyway, that's the bottom line. They keep us divided so things like that don't happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what it is. I see you on the chat, Daniel. A lot of us are in that co contractor category. That's, a co that's what they do, though. That's, you're a contractor. I'm a contractor. Wherever I go, contractor. But I don't know. You're nothing. Everybody's hanging by a thread in, this, in that situation. This is, that's not a functioning democracy. So... Where is this? I'm trying to find this article. I wanted to just read a little bit about Saturnalia. I thought that might be nice for for Christmas. I I saved this article. Now I can't fucking find it. This is what happens. Let me see. Hold on, hold on, guys. I'll be right there. Do 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 do. Saturnalia. I guess I could just look for it again. Alright, Saturnalia. Let's see. Does everybody know what Saturnalia is? It is a holiday. Let me see. Oh, god damn it. That's the Christians adopted this time of year because this was the biggest Roman holiday. Saturnalia, the ancient Roman precursor to Christmas, it was basically like the best holiday party you've ever been to times a million. This is from medium.com by somebody called Museum Hack. That's obviously not his given name. It was actually kind of similar to The Purge, except instead of everyone going nuts and murdering each other, they abandoned social order to drink and make merry. 
And while we don't necessarily celebrate Christmas with wine-induced orgies, we have carried over a lot of Saturnalia's tradition into the modern day. The Roman poet Catullus, Catullus, yes, described Saturnalia as the best of times. He didn't even have to offer a caveat, like the Christmas-obsessed Charles Dickens did in his novel Great Expectations. Saturnalia was just straight-up awesome. Let's take a look at five facts about the badass ancient Roman precursor to Christmas Saturnalia. 1. Work stopped for a whole week. Saturnalia came from humble beginnings. It started as a farming ritual, where farmers would offer gifts and sacrifices to the gods in celebration of the winter solstice and the winter planting season. Those early rituals morphed into a holiday with a real name, Saturnalia, which honored Saturn, the Roman god of agri agriculture, who, like all benevolent deities, demanded his worshippers honor him with slaughtered lambs and gifts. Initially, Saturnalia celebrations were just one day long, but as more and more people started to celebrate, the holiday grew and grew until it became a weekday festival, a week-long festival, excuse me, by the time of the late Roman Republic. There isn't a concrete explanation for why Saturnalia grew from one day to one week, but we'd like to think it was because people simply realized that a party that lasts a whole week is at least seven times more awesome than a party that lasts for one day. That's true, right? Nobody worked during Saturnalia. Courts and schools were closed. Businesses came to a halt. People spent their time gambling, feasting, hanging out, and giving super cool gifts. Try telling your boss you celebrate Saturnalia this year. Maybe you'll get a whole week off instead of a day or two for Christmas. Just remember, it's not your fault if your boss looks at you like you're crazy. I mean, this is this guy writing this. But Saturn, this is, that's only the beginning of Saturnalia. I didn't even get to the really good parts. Hold on, I'm just checking. Are you still there? Is there everybody out there? Anybody out there? I mean, everybody. Is there everybody out there? That's not the words. Is there anybody? Hmm. What is the third estate? I can't speak French. Siest? Quiest que le te esta? I can't speak. I can't even speak English. So... I'm I'm looking at the chat. That's why I said that. Will I mean wit on the chat? What's the third of the state? What are you talking about? The fourth estate. The third estate is the common depiction of third estate carrying the burden of the other estates. Before the revolution, French society was divided into three estates. The first estate. The clergy, the second, second estate, the nobility, the third estate, the commoners, us, right? And then the fourth estate, which was the press, supposedly. All right, Saturnalia was basically the OG Boxing Day. Another December holiday, Boxing Day, can do we don't even really celebrate. Does anybody celebrate Boxing Day here in the United States? Isn't that more like an English holiday? What is the point of Boxing Day? Boxing Day was traditionally a day off for servants. Oh, that's true. Well, that's like Saturnalia. We'll get to that in a minute. When they received a Christmas box from the master, the servants would also go home on Boxing Day to give Christmas boxes to their families. 
For those of you who aren't from the UK and... Oh, see? Look, I should have just kept reading. And didn't look up after reading about it in Harry Potter. Boxing Day is the holiday celebrated day after Christmas, blah, blah, blah. Traditionally, Boxing Day servants receive Christmas presents or a service from their masters. Similarly, during Saturnalia, all social rules went out the window. This meant that slaves got the chance to participate in the festivities and even receive gifts from their masters or sat at the head of the dinner table while their masters served them. That's what I thought was cool about Saturnalia. It was, there were role reversals going on where the servants would become the masters of the house. Unlike other Roman holidays, which were mainly celebrated by the upper classes, Saturnalia was for everyone. Number three, each household elected a head mischief maker for the week. The best part of Saturnalia is definitely the fact that many households would choose a mock king who got to lord over the rest of the house for the week. Called it Saturnalia's Principus. Saturnalia's Principus, yes, the leader of Saturnalia, or the lord of misrule. This person's sole job was to make mischief during the week a.k.a. the best job ever. A good Saturnalius principus would do the following. Insult guests, wear crazy clothing, chase people around the house, play scandalous party entertainment. That'd be fun. Like nude, uh, I don't know, nude, what is that, uh, twister, right? The Saturnalius principus was chosen by fate. A small coin would be hidden in a cake served at the beginning of the festivities. Whoever found the object in the cake would become the king of Saturnalia and potentially lose a tooth in the process. If you're from New Orleans or have spent a lot of time on, the Bur on Bourbon Street, this might sound familiar. The tradition of hiding coins and pastries would eventually evolve into a kind of weird Mardi Gras custom hiding tiny baby figurines inside king cakes. Ooh, weird. Saturnalia feasts were out of control. Think of the most out of control holiday party you've ever been to and then multiply that by 10. You might just approach the level of epicness that happened on Saturnalia. Saturnalia was even was seven straight days of debauchery. Like we mentioned earlier, each household had a had the Saturnalius principus to create chaos inside the home. Then there were public feasts and celebrations that everyone could attend. People would stay out late into the night, drinking and partying with their friends. According to legend, the Roman author and notorious buzzkill Pliny had built a soundproof wall in his house just so he can keep working during Saturnalia. We suspect he was probably just jealous he didn't get invited to any big parties. Haha. <laughs> Number five, Santa got his catchphrase from Saturnalia. The traditional greeting on Saturnalia was Hmm, Lo, or is this Io? Io, Saturnalia. People would run through the streets chanting Io, Io, Io. Our favorite and unproven theory suggests that Mr. Claus himself started saying ho, ho, ho based on the Roman greeting. From Lord of Misrule to Utide Carols. Eventually in 312 AD, the Roman em Emperor Constantine, ugh, right? What a different world this would be, really. If... If this earth didn't go Christian, the first Christian emperor started the shift from Saturnalia to Christmas. Slowly but surely, the Romans and their successors replaced Saturn with Jesus, 
a week of debauchery with a day of prayers and booze with eggnog until we arrived at the modern day celebration of Christmas as we know it today. So there you go. Christians ru- uh, ru- ruin everything. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I'm, I mean, I was great, raised Christian. My whole family is Christian. I guess but that's what they say. I know some very good Christians. We all do. There are some legitimate Christians who believe in the teachings of Jesus or whatever, and they follow it. I, I truly wish that this was, if, if, if the Republicans say, oh, they're Christians, that they, they're, this is the Christian nation, I wish that they were really Christians. We wouldn't be having this conversation. It would be a lot different. We wouldn't have to, we wouldn't, they wouldn't be celebrating when they kick millions of people off health care. That wouldn't, that would not happen if this was a Christian nation. We wouldn't have to be um, fighting for basic human necessities. Because there's enough for everyone's need, but not for everyone's greed. That's the, that's the point. This country isn't broke. Don't you remember during George Bush, even Obama? Was it George Bush? Yeah, they probably didn't say that then. But they all the time, John Boner. Oh, we're broke. We're broke. Remember him? The crying fucking alcoholic. The he's, I mean, active alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic. I can say these things. This crying, tormented asshole idiot. Always weeping. What are you? I mean, I, weeping. A Republican weeping for what? What are you weeping for, John Boner? I wonder if I have any of videos of him weeping. Probably not. I mean, what are they weeping? They they weep for themselves. They're not weeping for us because they they're creating problems, chaos. I wish it was just problems. Problem sounds so, so quaint. We're talking about the death of democracy. So there's an article. Let me see. Where is it? Speaking of how disgusting Republicans are. A couple of articles. Thomas Friedman wrote an article. I thought it was pretty good. About how disgusting Republicans are. Uh, uh, the Republicans... Uh, for this holiday season. How they are the worst. Let's see. Hold on, guys. I know. I should be more prepared. Huh. Where is it? Is it Thomas Freeman? Oh, no, 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 no. How's everybody doing in the meantime? <laughs> You all feeling good? You gearing up for your Christmas? You got a day off? Let me see. I saved it. Couple of... Uh, yeah, the cruelty of Christmas. Here we go. Paul Krugman. That's who I meant. Not Thomas Friedman. I got them confused for a second. The cruelty of a Trump Christmas. Republicans aren't Scrooges. They're much worse. Hello. Um, how, how, many, how many days I got to say this? It's the same. It's exactly what I, I say constantly. By Trump era standards, Ebenezer Scrooge was a nice guy. 
It's common, especially around the time of year, to describe conservative politicians who cut off aid to the poor as Scrooges. I've done it myself. But if you think about it, this is deeply unfair to Scrooge. For while Dickens portrays Scrooge as a miser, he's notably lacking in malice. True, he's heartless until he's visited by various ghosts, but his heartlessness consists merely of an unwillingness to help those in need. He's never shown taking pleasure in others' suffering or spending money to make the lives of the poor worse. These are the things you can't say about the modern American right. In fact, many conservative politicians only pretend to be Scrooges when they're actually much worse. Not mere misers, but actively cruel. This was true long before Donald Trump moved into the White House. Exactly. It's, this is right, nail on the head right here. What's new, what's new about the Trump era is that the cruelty is more open and not just on Trump's part, but throughout his party. Now they've convened, they, now, sorry, now the conventional wisdom about today's Republicans is indeed that they are Scrooge-like. That is the story they want to serve the interests that, all right, sorry, that is the story is that they want to serve the interests of the rich, which is true, and that the reason they want to slash aid to the poor is to free up money for plutocrat-friendly tax cuts. Tongue twister, sorry. But is that really why the right is so determined to cut programs like food stamps and unemployment benefits? After all, the explosion of the budget deficit under Trump shows that Republican claims to care about fiscal responsibility were always humbug, that they were perfectly willing to slash taxes on the rich, taxes, <laughs> slash taxes on the rich without offsetting spending cuts. Furthermore, because America spends relatively little money helping the poor, even harsh cuts like the Trump administration's new rules on food stamps, which will hurt hundreds of thousands, will at best save only tiny amounts compared to the cost of the tax cuts. And in important cases, the right is so eager to hurt low-income Americans that it's willing to do so even if there's no budget savings at all. Consider the case of Medicaid expansion under the Affordable Care Act, which, at, which a 2012 Supreme Court decision made optional. States could choose not to participate. Why would any state make that choice? After all, the federal government will pay 90% of the cost. And experience shows that expanding Medicaid produces indirect cost savings, for example, by letting states reduce aids to hospitals for uncompensated costs. Furthermore, the federal funds brought in by Medicaid expansion boost a state's economy, which raise tax revenues. So expansion is, from a state fiscal point of view, neutral or even net positive. Why would any state turn it down? Yet 14 Republican-controlled states, among the, many among the nation's poorest, are still refusing to expand Medicaid. At the same time, a number of states are trying to limit access to Medicaid by imposing stringent work re requirements. This may sound like a cost-saving measure, but it isn't. Trying to enforce work requi requ requirements, it turns out, costs a lot of money. I hate these motherfuckers. The point is, 
that these state governments are only pretending to be penny pinchers. In reality, they're actively trying to make people's lives worse, and they're willing to lose money to accomplish it. Why? In 2018, the Atlantic published a memorable essay by Adam Surer titled The Cruelty is the Point about the political importance of shared pleasure from other people's sufferings. Surer, Sur, oh, why does his name have to say that? Surer was inspired to write that essay by photos of lynchings which showed groups of white men obviously enjoying the show. Indeed, in America, gratuitous cruelty has often been directed at people of color. But as Surer, Surer also noted, it's not about race or just about race. There are more people than we'd like to imagine who are rejoicing in the suffering of anyone they see as unlike themselves, especially anyone they perceive as weak. In fact, I suspect that this mentality is part of the explanation for the seeming paradox of strong Republican support in places like eastern Kentucky, where large number of poor whites depend on programs like food stamps. Those who aren't receiving aid actually want to see their poorer neighbors hurt. What Trump has brought to his party is a new willingness to be openly vicious. I'm not saying that he's honest about his motivations. He and his aides still go through the motions of pretending that actions like denying aid to storm-ravaged Puerto Ricans or cutting off food stamps for hundreds of thousands are about fighting corruption or enforcing fiscal responsibility. But their attempts to justify cruelty as being somehow in the national interest are low energy, especially compared with the enthusiastic nastiness Trump exhibits at political rallies. Trump has celebrated and reportedly wants to campaign with servicemen he pardoned after our own military convicted them or charged them with war crimes, clearly because he likes the idea of indiscriminate killing. And so do some of his supporters. Uh, right here, I think that uh, he's being kind. Some of his supporters, it's pretty much all of If you're a supporter, it's to the point where you get on a line and you go to one of these filthy Nuremberg rallies, you're, it's not some of the supporters like indiscriminate killings. These are the people that laugh. The, the, the reactions of Trump's antics, his disgraceful, his, his disturbing antics at these Nuremberg rallies as they laugh as while well, he's calling people names that any 12-year-old in a schoolyard would be put in detention for behaving similarly and mocking dead, dead people, mocking, uh, telling uh, his crowd that a, a, a much-loved senator is looking up from hell. And they all laugh. They think it's funny. They're, these are the, the disgusting anti-American dupes who are the enemies that the founders warned us about. They understood in the, that in some hearts, uh, they're, they're, not, they're not worthy of democracy. You have, to be a le- you have to have a level of maturity. You have to be somewhat of an emotionally stable adult. I mean, and I, honestly, I don't want to denigrate the uh, emotional instable or unstable because some people, you don't have to be 
I mean, some people like democracy and they they're not emotionally stable. But Republicans, they will never get help, the help that they so desperately need. They would rather inflict it on society. A lot of people who are emotionally unstable, they get help for their manias. They don't inflict it outwards. They don't get together with a with a bunch of uh, with a bunch of a cult to kick down on the less fortunate. Together, they they remind me of any any crowd of bullies, a mob. That's what they are. A mo- it's a mob scene. Not worthy. Not worthy of uh, of the founding promises that's for sure or a modern nation we should be embarrassed i mean i'm embarrassed they should be embarrassed but they don't they don't have the ability to be embarrassed because they lack those fundamental human traits look at their standard bearer this inhumane orange ghoul so he finishes krugman finishes up I'm so I'm calling I'm going to stop calling today's Republicans scrooges. We'd be in much better shape if Trump and company were merely heartless misers. What they really are is much much worse. Isn't that the truth? They uh, thank you. Thank you for writing that, Thomas. I mean, why do I keep saying Thomas cuz they both write for the time. Paul Krugman, Thomas Free. I mean, here's another story. That's the truth. This is who you're going to work with? You're going to reach across the aisle and work with these ghouls? Joe Biden, what are you going to work on with them? What could you? It's like saying, I'm going to reach across the aisle to Hitler. Why is that a positive? What is the difference? I'm, people say, oh, they, Tara Devlin called the Republicans Hitler. Of course I did. Look at them, know them by their fruits. Yeah, and there's no death camps uh, officially, but we certainly have concentration camps. But there's racism run rampant. I why did this is the other thing I wanted to bring up racism. Let me see and uh, white supremacy in the army recruitment. Taken a wait, hold on. These the Senate removed the phrase white nationalist from measure intended to screen military enlistees. This is how low we've gotten. We have scraped the bottom of the barrel. Now, part of be, uh, a functioning military that's supposed to be so great, right? We are a nation of laws. The, we're supposed to f- have certain level of dignity and respect that comes along with being the most powerful nation. You, the most powerful nation, somebody with true strength doesn't have to walk around like a bully. Only cowards walk around like that. Like, like Kim Jong-un. You know, you, that's why you don't have military parades in the strongest nation on earth. You don't need a military parade. A, a nation like North Korea needs it because they're tiny little little pipsqueaks that want to go boop boop boop. I got look at me, I got a missile. That's the that's the the behavior of small tiny cowards. Not 
the United States. We used to understand that. You don't have to be loud and you don't have to flex your muscles. If you, that's true strength. That's a, that's a secure strength. Not an insecure little, look at me, boom, boom, like a baby walking around. Boom, boom, bing, boom. That's what the Republicans have done. But in the, in the military, one of the bars to enlistment, you couldn't, you, you couldn't be a, a filthy fascist, a racist, a, K, a KKK, a Nazi. Wait, hold on. What the hell? Someone just texted me and distracted me. So, yeah, not anymore. So the Republican-controlled Senate quietly cut the phrase white nationalist from a form, from a measure in the National Defense Authorization Act, which was intended to explicitly address the threat of white nationalists in the military, altering the language of a House-passed amendment before passing the massive military spending bill on Tuesday. So this thing passed without without the phrase so uh, barring white nationalists the the house amendment which was passed in july was drafted to explicitly study the feasibility of screening for white nationalist beliefs in military enlistees but the final version of the bill passed by the senate and sent to twitler's fucking filthy desk what for signature for his scroll for his, his childish scribble, now only requires the Department of Defense to monitor for extremist and gang-related activity. What does that mean? Oh, MS-16, right? The, another way to, to, to be a racist asshole. Extremist and gang-related activity. Rather than specifically referencing white nationalism. Because they want... Don't you see? This is not an accident. They took it out. They had to... Somebody had to go in and remove it. Why? Why would you do that? They don't even want to give the veneer of not being a bunch of racist fucks. Unfit to to lead a modern nation. You want to be a racist? Go right ahead. But get out of the halls of power. You bastards who receive fewer votes. You're not even, you're not, you're not, um, the majority. I'm so sorry. Your greatest accomplishment that you, it was that you were born white. And you're afraid that without your wife, white privilege, we'll all know just how inadequate you truly are. But let me remind you guys, relax. No need to be anxious about it because we already know how inadequate you are. The secret's out. Just by the fact that you're a white nationalist, like your filthy, disgusting, big king baby asshole wiping his ass with the Constitution and kissing Putin's ring. What a joke. I mean, I wish it was a joke. If it was a joke, it would be funny. This is disturbing and detrimental. This is really happening. That's the thing. When, years ago, when they started to, all of these things that we, we would all be yelling about, Mike Malloy would be talking about, George Bush, the, the fascism coming to America, it's here. You don't have to be a psychic to see the end of the story. Look where the story ends. 
Why, why would you take that out? Unless you're trying to allow white nationalists into the military. Unless you are enabling it. Of course they're enabling it. But the, we used to have a thing. You couldn't be a racist. I remember when I was in the military, when I was in training, there was a lot of seminars and, and, and uh, they would talk about not being a racist. You can't be a fu- fucking racist. They wouldn't tolerate that shit. But, I mean, then we, and they really had lectures on this. They will not tolerate, you know, whatever, language, racism, whatever, in whatever form. (sighs) But I guess not anymore. I don't know. Why would you take it out? You had to go in there and purposefully remove it. Who removed it? Of course, nobody's going to name names when you're, because they're like cockroaches in the middle of the night. They don't come out and they don't, they don't do their dirty work in the day. They only do tweets in the day. They only let their morons tweet. They they go to rallies in the day. At, at night, in the dead of night, is where they alter the 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 policies of a once great nation to make it just like them. That's how much they hate America. They couldn't do. Uh, Putin can't. He's he is so happy with his puppets. Only he couldn't have destroyed the country as much without their help. Without the the help of the Republicans. He's the, all of his dreams have come true. And Kim Jong-un, they're all laughing. How easy it was. Just divide and conquer. And then okay, this is how a, this is how a a a a fledgling great society dies one policy at a time one one reaching across the aisle at a time what are you reaching across the aisle what are you chamberlain oh, look at me right waving around look i got hitler to sign this appeasement look at me look we've we got peace fucking bullshit I'm going to reach across the aisle with the the people who took white nationalism out of the Defense Department's whatever, out of the, uh, I don't know, what is it called? Uh, We know white nationalist extremists are actively trying to enlist in our military, and we know they are doing so to acquire combat and weapons training. Representative Peter Aguilar the congressman who introduced the House Amendment said on CNN, I introduced my amendment because keeping this hateful ideology out of our military is crucial to our national security and the safety of our service members. We can't address the problem if we don't acknowledge there is one, which is why I was disappointed. Well, I know it's so disappointing when fascism ruins a once great fledgling great nation. I was disappointed by the Senate Republicans' decisions to strike this language, the California Democrat said. An arms, a, a Senate Armed Service Committee spokesman said Aguilera's, Aguilera's complaint was absurd. Of course, fake news. The language from the amendment, which was agreed to in a bipartisan vote, vote like by who? 
by both House and Senate was extended beyond the representative's amendment to include extremist organizations of all kinds, white nationalists, radical Muslims, gang members, and others who aren't suitable to join our military. Like Donald Trump, he wasn't suitable either. I guess I'm trying to do a... One of those, what's that guy's name? Blah, blah, blah. You know who I mean. The change was first reported by Huffington Post and confirmed by CNN. The news came days after U.S. military and naval academies launched internal investigations after cadets and midshipmen were captured on ESPN's pre-game show for the Army-Navy game, making a hand gesture that some interpreted, some as white nationalists, and others interpreted as innocents. Really. In a statement Sunday night, the U.S. Military Academy, commonly known as West Point, said its investigation is looking into the use of the hand gesture. In fact, I think that they concluded that it was just a little game. No, Army Army probe finds no racist intent in the hand gesture. Yeah, I think it was some they uh, something bullshit. Okay, here it is. Where is it? I'm trying to find where they said Army Navy gang hand sick gestures were not racist. U.S. Military Academy at West Point. This is from Sports Illustrated. Said the hand gestures flashed by some cadets and midshipmen on television were part of a circle game. Not white power symbols, of course not. I guess the circle gang, what were they, the interns at the White House flashing the white power symbol, that was probably a circle gang game too. Circle game? Are you serious? Both academies launched investigations into the use of the hand gestures following the the Army-Navy game. Several students flashed the gesture on ESPN's pregame show. We are confident that the hand gestures used were not intended to be racist. However, we are disappointed by the immature behavior of two fourth-class midshipmen, and their actions will be appropriately addressed. The Navy Academy, the Naval Academy, is fully committed to preparing young men and women to become professional officers of competence and character and compassion. Well, that's good in the U.S. Navy and Marine Corps. In this case, we recognize there is more work to be done. Well, that's the way that Republicans like them. Like, nice and stupid and without character or compassion. If you have compassion, that's a weakness, you see, to Republicans. Because a compassionate person with character won't shoot civilians and take the oath of reenlistment with their corpses or shoot the detainees, even if they're guilty. Because you're supposed to have a level of, of integrity, you know, because we're supposed to be fighting for more than just the, uh, these petty, whatever the fuck the, the war on terror is, is a psychological game, just like the war for independence. We were fighting for more than just freedom from the aristocracy and the intergenerational fucking monarchy. 
We were fighting for an idea. So our behavior would reflect that. We were better than that. We were better than the scumbags that tortured, that tortured prisoners and things like that. Not anymore, though. Because we're cowards now. You know, we have a broken system as reflected by our look at look at the leadership. We didn't vote for these people. Some people did, of course, but they received fewer votes. That's the problem. You see what I mean? If the system was functioning, the person who received the most votes would actually win. And the rest of the country, the populated parts of the country wouldn't be under the tyranny of Mitch McConnell. Who, who couldn't win a national election if his effing turtle scumbag life depended on it? And no offense to turtles. I love turtles. I love animals. And to call a Republican an animal is to honor them, really. Because animals don't, they don't have parties when they kick people off of health care. They don't go around uh, and, and, and lie they don't destroy democracy. They wouldn't do that. And the rest, if, if there was one animal that did that, the rest of the animals would be like, not, they'll kick them out. I would love to kick Mitch, I mean, well, Mitch, Moscow, Mitch, Leningrad, Lindsay, all take them to the border and say, bye-bye. Good luck. Shun them from decent society. Let's give them a little of the, they want to, they like the good old days. Let's do that. The good old days. Back when it, we would just shun them. Let's put a, let's just put, you know, just put them out in the wilderness. Let's see how they can get by on themselves. Pull themselves up by their bootstraps. That's what I always understand. I don't understand with these, with these billionaires too. These right-wing billionaires. They like society, clearly. They don't want, I mean, but, but they just hate everybody in it. Cause why they want to they want to use us all like like uh like a parasite sucks life from a host, but they don't want to be to have any of uh any any they don't want to share that's for sure, share Earth with with everyone just themselves they're the you know the top of the heap. They don't like society like uh, the Koch brothers. All of the the way that they want to transform society. They hate society. They hate us. So why why don't they just get out? Go buy an island. You don't think about it. You don't even have to. You don't have to see us anymore. You don't have. You can have your libertarian paradise. Let me see. Hold on. <laughs> you see the cats. They don't care. They're just having, uh, just having fun over there. Good, and they should. I'm certainly not having any fun. No, I'm having fun. What up? Is this fun? It's it's aggravating. But I always wondered about the Koch brothers, because I don't know if you know that back back in the day. One of these coke bastards ran for he he ran for pr the presidency. He's uh, and the Libertarian Party platform. I guess he, but he figured out because it would be much better for him and they to use his money instead of running for president, which he had probably no chance. He would fund and buy politicians who would inflict their agenda on 
the on the democracy that the Koch brothers hate. So that's what he did. But if if you want to know what the Koch brothers want, just look at the 1980 libertarian platform. This is the agenda. We urge the repeal of federal campaign finance laws because, I mean, mission accomplished. But you can buy politicians, right? Buy them in a, in a wine cave. We favor the abolition of Medicare and Medicaid programs. Of course, mission ac- almost accomplished. It's uh, the Republicans, they keep beating on that drum. Eventually, they'll get what they want. Because you'll have a, a Democrat me- reaching across the aisle to get things done. Right? I, I really. You got to get things done. Why not reach across the aisle and get things done like the abolition of uh, Social Security? Not abolition. They'll privatize it. That's what will happen. Just a little bit at first, then we'll start from there. We oppose any compulsory insurance or tax-supported plan to provide health services, which include those that finance abortion. Of course, you got to throw that in because that triggers the 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 funny bones of these assholes of these evangelicals. Evangelical, huh? Well, I well I don't know. Just to get off track a little bit. They are, because Twitler is so wounded, and so are his his fragile supporters by the conservative Christian, whatever the hell, the evangelical Christ, Christian Christianity today, or whatever, that, I don't even know, I don't, who the hell knows of this magazine, I, I didn't even know it existed until this article came out that they wrote a, a, an article against Trump. So uh, he's so fragile. We know that. And so all of the Twitler's minions had to get together. How do we please our dumb Fuhrer, our dim leader? He's, he's, not, he's displeased with us, my lord. How do we need to, we need to salve his tiny, fragile eggshell of a, of a self by writing a rebuttal? To the nasty Christian, of course, it's the, the what Trump says is that the this Christianity Today thing is is just a far left, whatever that means. I guess it's somebody who actually loves Jesus. That's far left, but is doesn't consider gay bashing the only holy obligation. I mean, they hate gays. Don't get them wrong, but there's they got other things to do, like uh, you know, let the let the sick and, and the poor pull themselves up by their bootstraps. And pray. Pray that prosperity gospel. Lord Jesus, show me your love by, by giving me some money. Taking money out of these dumbasses. I mean, my fellow Christians' pockets and putting it into, your, into the work of the Lord. So their evangelical support for Twitler is back in the spotlight because journalist Nap Nasworth's departure from he somebody quit uh, follows an op-ed from another Christian outlet calling for Mr. Trump's removal. The ensuing outcry has served 
as a proxy war among U.S. evangelical over Mr. Trump's largely unchallenged grip on the religious right. So somebody, one, some guy, Christian Magazine editor quits in row over Trump's evangelical support. So they're, this Christian, this faux Christian magazine, whatever, this Christian grift magazine is going to publish a, a, a counter article how great Twitler is. He's the saint. He's the salt of the earth, the saint that walks among us. He's Jesus Christ in an orange tan, whatever, tanning booth. He's Jesus Christ only better because he grabs your pussy. When Jesus grabs you by the pussy, I mean, they let you do it because you're Jesus, right? Or something like that. You could, he, I guess, no one by his Tic Tacs. You can smell the Tic Tac aroma before you, all of a sudden you're being pawed. God help us, really. If only this was a Christian nation, right? Let me just to peruse. This goes on and on. The, the libertarian platform. We propose the abolition of governmental postal service. Because fuck it. Why have a community if... You can reach everybody in that community. There's no community. Like Margaret Thatcher said, there's no society. That's what Jesus said. Was it Jesus or Thatcher? I know Republicans, they they were at a loss to... I, I remember I referenced this before, but I should find that clip somewhere where they... At one of these filthy Republican debates where they were like, who is your favorite female in history? It was all these white men and, and Ben Carson. Or or Herman Cain. Remember him? I don't know if he was on stage. Poor Herman Cain. God. It takes all types, right? But they asked, who's your favorite female in history? And they all said, well, they half of them said Margaret Thatcher. They said American. That's what he, they asked. Who's your America, favorite American woman or whatever in history? And they don't know what the fuck they, what do they know about history and women? You kidding me? It's called his story. Not her. I'm choking on myself. Her, not his, it's his story. Christ almighty is a man. God is a man. No, so that they were all like, um, um, uh, Margaret Thatcher. And then the moderator was like, that's a fucking Britain, asshole. <laughs> I don't think he's put it like that, but, you know. I just spilled, God damn it, my coffee. Hold on. Shit. It went on my keyboard. And then they were like, oh, okay, uh... Who's a woman? Let me see. Um, uh, Rosa Parks. That's, and then they were like, next. And they said, oh, yeah, Rosa Parks. Yeah, yeah. That's a good answer. Good answer. Rosa Parks. I love her. I love that old Rosa. I was like, Rosa, you and me are going to get together. We're going to do great things. One of them is nobody gets health care, right? You're with me with that, right, Rosa? No, they, the, in the story of Rosa Parks, they're the bus driver. But they're, they like Rosa Parks. You know what they would say. If they were contemporary of Rosa Parks, they'd be like, oh, we uh, we don't we don't agree with 
this segregation. Of course, they would. They would agree with it, but they would say, you know, go through the legal. They would they would criticize how she how she how she forced change to come about. Oh, she just she broke the law. You don't like the laws. Don't break the law. You change the law. Don't do this civil disobedience thing. That's one of the things with Republicans. They always they have problems with how how people. I mean, now they're all about Martin Luther King. They hated Martin Luther King. He was a socialist, a communist, right? And he should he was causing trouble. Why? Why do you? You don't want to get too uppity now, you know? Don't break the law. You gotta now they're all about giving a speech about oh you know Martin Luther King's dream. They really whitewash it, you know, literally and figuratively. Oh, and I say that deliberately. Of course they do. Now it's it's all about Martin Luther King was not a radical who was advocating for unions and socialism and talked about socialism for socialism for the rich and and rugged individualism for everyone else. And the cost of illegal, incessant, constant wars. How it was really social justice. No, they all about about a dream. He had a nice and very respectful dream about politely begging your betters for just a little bit of a trickle. Tiny trickle, just a li- not enough to to fill up a glass and have a drink just a trickle it's like oh oh, go oh thank you thank you for your trickle you might you have a pool over here you have five swimming pools five olympic sized swimming pools of 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 sustenance but i'm asking just for a drop not enough to quench my thirst you can't even get wet over here you just a little trickle on your tongue that's how much we deserve. USA. USA. Right? But they, that's what the Republicans are. They'll, they hate Rosa Parks. Are you kidding me? If this was, if this was the, back in the day, they'd be all, they'd be uh, congratulating the bus driver for calling the cops. Are you serious? For real. All right. Oh, brother. I just want to thank you, Jim, again. Merry Christmas Eve. Happy Saturnalia. And Jim has a super chat. Every every show. I, I recognize that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Why not? Super chat. And guess what? My birthday is on... Friday. So if, if there's any time to become a patron, it is now. Or maybe if you have to wait till Christmas passes, you can give me a belated birthday gift by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. We want to get enough patrons eventually to do a show every single goddamn day. And I do mean goddamn it is a goddamn day. What else? Let me see. We got to cruelty. There was another thing I saw. I wanted to read. 
Oh, yeah. Many things. It never stops. Trump is a truly inferior person with a pre-literate sense of history, says a language expert, Matthew Chapman. On MSNBC's 11th Hour, language expert John McHorter exoriated President Donald Trump. I can't even say that. President Twitler, so-called President Twitler, for his attacks on the late Representative John Dingell and suggested that the way the president speaks is about, about other people goes directly to his moral character. Of course it does. He has no moral character. He's sick. This is a sickness. You see, it's an aberration in human development. Most of us have empathy. That's the way we were made. The goddess of nature instilled empathy in us. We are, we are a species that thrives interconnectedly. So we look at other humans and we can put ourselves in their shoes. That is, not every animal has that. Only mammals have that. We share the same parts of the brain like with other animals, like these cats over here. They have that brain, that part of the brain that has oxytocin, that has emotion, that feels love. That, you know, I mean, they're different, obviously. They're not, they have different brains, but they have, Similar, they have similar parts to it. Um, but as far as humans are concerned, we have empathy. We can look at another person and say, and we can put ourselves in their shoes. That's part of why we're we the we. I know for a fact that what we're talking about here is correct. That we will win because we are fighting for basic humanity. We're not, this is exactly how human beings are supposed to function together. We don't leave people behind. That is, it's not just a patriotic platitude. It is a, it's a, a biological imperative to leave no one behind. We're in it together. That's not by accident. This is how we were made. Together, we can do great things. What, I couldn't go to the moon all by myself. You know, when they when they talk about, oh, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind, that Neil Armstrong stepped on the moon, and he didn't do it alone. How many people? We were all behind him. I mean, I, was, I wasn't there. Obviously, I wasn't born. But was I born? I was a baby. 1969? So, but you know what I'm saying. I didn't I wasn't a taxpayer, but the taxpayers of the United States, we had a tax system that funded a society that had enough left over to send somebody to the goddamn moon. And we did that together. The science did that. We learned that, but the scientists didn't start from scratch from everything like oh, I they they took uh, from from uh, from the begin, you know, like just all by themselves from scratch. No, they they built on what came before, from other people, from other human beings. Where this is how society is. That's how you you work together. Nobody pulls themselves up by their bootstraps all alone. We're in this together. So Neil Armstrong stepped on the moon, but we all sent him there. We were all there together. It wasn't like, look at me. 
Look at me. I'm the greatest man. I, st- I could never, uh, filthy Hillary, crooked Hillary couldn't have done this. We're all in this together. God damn it. But all a great society. Could you imagine? We could never do that today because we're too busy being uh, uh, funneling more money to the top and hanging by a thread. We're fighting for basic human decency, dignity, and democracy and being, uh, uh, being assaulted by, by both sides by telling us it's too pie in the sky. Decency, dignity, democracy, that's just too pie in the sky. We got to reach across the aisle, you see, because they want to, they, they want to, Republicans want to ram the working class into a wall at 90 miles an hour. Uh, Me, moderate, I'm a moderate Democrat. I only want to ram you into a wall at 55 miles an hour, the speed limit. I got to reach across the aisle. I got, we got to get things done. Look at us getting things done. Look at us getting things done while you can't put together $400 for an emergency. Look at how look at how much that's getting done. For fuck's sake. Where was I? You know it's interesting said Mick Horter. He's sitting there using the name and he's implying that it sounds like some kind of genital. Isn't that funny? Of course, it reminds you of Uncle Whoever, that counselor at camp. Everything about the man is easy, always easy. For example, never mind the history of the man who he's talking about and his significance. Donald Trump has a historical sense, roughly, of a kitchen cabinet. The past doesn't matter, especially except as possibly in the ways that it flatters him in the present. It's true. That's what he was laughing at. John Dingle. Oh, <laughs> that's like my 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 nephew when he was two. Dingle, <laughs> it sounds like a dingle. And these fucking morons who waited on a line to see a fascist orange b- b- baboon who wipe his ass with anything worthy of of humanity. And make it and say dingle like it's a like he's talking about somebody's pee pee, just like I say I'm I'll, I am a hundred percent right in that in that sense. Republicans are obsessed with pee pees. They are the they are infants who've never developed, and they and they're all about pee pees. They're overly worried about what's going on with the pee pees. What everybody's pee pees. Who's got a pee pee? What kind of pee pee? Is it is it appropriately dressed for what they think it should be the pee pee? Is it in the right bathroom? Is it creating a marriage contract with the with the correct pee pee? They're, they're they're fucking infants. Once again, it's about orality. Continue, McOrder. Be- before you can write history down, people tend to preserve history in their heads, often with some 
one or two people who remember the history and the history tends to be massaged to fit the needs of the people living different lives in the present, just mastering details such as what Franklin Pierce's wife's name was, it's not important if you don't have paper to preserve these meaningless details. He has this preliterate sense of how history works. And then just the meanness, said McHorder. If you talk to an actor, they'll tell you, as fascinating as it is to watch somebody be angry in a play, angry is easy. If somebody doesn't know how to act, it's fairly easy to have a tantrum. What's difficult is getting on stage and conveying things such as genuine happiness or remorse or ambiguity, that's what I'm saying. And notice how those three things are utterly alien from anything we've ever seen of Trump. What you see is a certain joy in making fun of other people. This is a truly inferior person to be leading this nation and the bit with Dingle, he, out, he ought to be utterly ashamed of himself. And yet, as we know, life will go on. And that thing could possibly be elected. Because that's how life works. We've unleashed something truly frightening. Isn't that terrible? This son of a waste of, a, of human DNA actually might get elected again. Who, be, if, if we are stupid enough. To allow it. I don't, this is, I, I know you, some of you guys are, you're, you support Pete Buttigieg, I've heard. You like Biden. I don't fucking know. Whatever. I believe. And I'm going to say it. I'm sorry. I will say it probably every day until the, until somebody proves otherwise that if we don't get somebody in there, the Democratic nominee, it's not about wooing Republicans. It's not about being a moderate. The crowded moderate lane, like the Morning Joe cast, they were so they they were they were so ecstatic about Amy Klobuchar and Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg. They're in the crowded moderate lane. I don't know. Did I play that clip last time? I might play that. It really irritated me when they dissected the the last Democratic debate. And they were like, oh, wasn't it so great to see everybody in the, in the crowded moderate lane? And not like before when they were, we had liberals promising, oh, they were promising everything to everyone. Wait, where is this? Here it is. Incoming. What we saw between Mayor Pete and Warren is basically what we've been seeing on the campaign trail, the way that they've been attacking each other. What we saw with Klobuchar and Mayor Pete is, I think for the first time, a crowded kind of moderate lane. Uh, and up. that is what yeah, was interesting. Exactly. <laughs> that was very interesting to see. because didn't we, think we didn't, yeah. hey, After that first debate, Curry, we didn't <laughs> think we would ever see a crowded <laughs> moderate. Yeah, people going, buy skyscrapers for illegal immigrants? Yeah. Who the fuck said buy skyscrapers for illegal immigrants? I know he's being, you know, he's being facetious, but that's bullshit. Medicare for all, you scumbag. 
is not buying skyscrapers for illegal fucking immigrants, you filthy fascist, you worthless corporate mouthpiece. My God, when the lights go out, my God. I was going to say, we storm, we storm, and we storm that fucking liberal media. Let them, like, name uh, a wing of a university <laughs> after, yes, of course. Name a wing of a university after, I, I know he's trying to be funny, you see. I know, uh, but what he's doing is denigrating the the, uh, the actual policies that we need to to fix this country, to wrest it from the from the 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 tooth, the the claws, not the tooth, the jaws of fascism. And this is the problem. Mainstream media is part of the problem. It's the corporate media for a reason. They want the poor corporate. They don't want. They they they'd much rather have the, it exactly the way it is now. They don't want to fix anything. To them, it's not broken. They don't mind. They don't care that that Americans are hanging by a thread. They don't care that the majority of the country can't handle a four hundred dollar emergency. They think that's fine. They're fine with that. When they should be appalled. They're f- they are, f- they are, f- oh, I don't even know. I was going to say fashion. I, what, what are they? It's, ab- it's abhorrent. You know, I got to tell you, I'm, I, I can handle a $400 emergency. I'm not hanging by a thread like that. Thank God. Just for today, though. You know what I mean? That could change, but that doesn't mean I d- I'm not affected I want I don't want to live in a country with that's hanging by a thread where people can't get health care, where people are cutting their diabetes medicine in half and dying. And they're rationing health care for them because some corporation because have they've commodified everything, including your goddamn cancer. And they're laughing and this ghoul is laughing. Oh, they want to give illegal I- immigrants a skyscraper. Who the F said that? Giving illegal immigrants a skyscraper? We're talking about universal health care. We're talking about higher education, universal higher education. Things that other countries have done for generations. And that we used to do. What the hell? So hilarious. Isn't it funny, Joe? Oh, my son has diabetes, so I know that now he's he's got empathy now. Oh, I this is something I really care about because it a fucking affects me. You shameful little prick. God. And they think they're good Americans too. And they don't mind. They don't care. That, that old people are rationing their medica- medication, that veterans are sleeping on the streets. Everybody's sleeping, that, not just veterans, that anybody. This should be a country that the only way you sleep on the street is because you want to. 
Not because you have no choice. That should be the that that should be the 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 calling card of America. Look at how great democracy is. Look at it functioning. Look, we have a system that where the majority of people are living a decent middle class life. Yeah, sure, we have rich people here, but they're not so rapaciously rich that they can buy politicians and corrupt government. Because we have campaign finance. We have public funding of elections. So those who want to get into political office are there because they want to be altruistic. They, tr they, they have a calling. Not because they want to rig it for their, themselves and their pals. They like insider trading. They like the power. They like the wine caves. They think that's, that's uh, being a, uh, a, an operator. They like that. <sighs> Scumbags. Horse and we'll kick, we'll kick it like, uh, you know, Americans, uh, American citizens. No, it's... What the fuck did he just say? What? We'll kick American citizens? Yes, of course. And we'll kick, we'll kick it like, uh, you know, Americans. Uh, Ameri yeah, that's what we're saying when we're giving we're trying to fight for universal health care we want to kick american citizens we want to kick them you filthy scumbag it must be nice to be joe scarborough in the ivory tower pulling up the ladder behind him he's got great health care oh i'm worried about my son now I care about diabetes because my son has it. Well, guess what? Your son's fine. He's not rationing his diabetes medicine. He's not like those other we read about the 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 one of one of the family, one was a veteran, so he had socialized medicine. He had the VA. So he could get his diabetes medicine, but the whole family, three of them were diabetics. So he had to get his diabetes medicine and share it with the two other family members. And they all had to hope that they were going to wake up in the morning. That's America for you. Aren't you proud? We should be proud of leaving no one behind. That's the American way. And and not just those who were born here. If you want to be here, you know you're an American when you when you say you are. When you come here and you want to build a life here, we shouldn't be like, oh no, you're brown. I mean, this country is fucking broken because of the conservatism. That's the that's the story right there. This country was founded by progressives. Don't ever forget that. That's another thing. We are the patriots. This country was founded by progressives? Of course, yes, they were slave owners and racists. All right? They were products of their time. I understand that. They hated... They were misogynists, too. When they said all men are created equal, they meant all white men. Not women. Women were property. They came over with the cows and the chickens and the, and the couches. They, they had to be declared as property. I get it. But 
They, they were progressives of their day that said, hey, we're going to progress. We're not going to have a fucking king anymore. We're not going to have an aristocracy. We're going to have a democracy. We're going to have a general welfare. We're going to have a country built on happiness, the pursuit of happiness that promotes the general welfare to make this happiness possible. The pursuit of happiness, I mean, no happiness is guaranteed, but yes, but that's what Republicans like. They're like, oh, you can't, you can't dictate outcomes. Of course not. But you can help opportunity. You can seed a, the ground. The farmer doesn't curse the field. He, he plants the crops, right? That's what you do when you, when you create a society that works for all. You, you build things, then, and it, then you, you know, help it grow. When you fund universal higher education, you're investing in the future, like the GI Bill. The GI Bill was for everybody. They didn't just say, oh, I don't want to pay for rich GIs. They weren't like a Republican dumbass and saying, oh, I don't want to pay for rich GIs because any GI that served can get the GI Bill. And, and the GI Bill returned for every dollar, it, it returned $7 in tax income. So it was an investment, a good one, that helped the, the great prosperity. And we went from the great prosperity to the second Republican Great Depression, the trickle-down nightmare that we're in. Oh, God. And it's by design. It's tax policy and the policies of the, of the conservatives, of the right, that want to limit democracy, that want to the rich running and owning everything. And then you have the Democrats, the DLCers, talking about um, you, you're going to reach across the aisle to these ghouls. Well, they're strangling us. Mamma mia. Thank you. Slow tree, another super chat. Merry Christmas from Germany. And by the way, happy impeachment. I appreciate that. You must be... I envy you. In Germany. Damn. What's it like to live in a civilized country? I mean, yeah, obviously you went through... Your trial by fire, obviously. Who would have ever thought this country would be... We, we once liberated, helped liberate the world from fascism, and now here we are, in fascism, praising fascists. Mamma mia. Sit down, little one. Junior? Yes? What's the matter? I know. He sucks. I get it. Oh, guys. Can you believe it's Christmas Eve? Holy shit. How'd that happen? All right, everybody. I'm going to start wrapping it up, I think. I could really keep going. But a friend of mine is going to come over. What else can we talk about? I mean, it could never it never stops until it stops. You know what I wanted to do, actually? Show something good. I came across this video. This is a good way to end the show, even though, I mean, I want to keep screaming. 
about disgusting Republicans. But I thought I would share this nice, cute video. Because sometimes when I get depressed and think about the world, how, how sad it is, how broken the system is, how, bro how broken people are from it. Oh, why am I, why do I have this stupid thing like that? Sorry. I, I look at my animals and sometimes you just got to watch a good cat video, right? And I came across this video and I thought I would share it. I hope I still have it. Where is it? Here it goes. A, a nice video of what's possible in the world. Here we go. Ronan and Emma Lally own a small farm that they run alongside their day jobs. Isn't that nice? They live in Ireland, those on the podcast. They run a little farm. They have nice accents. They don't sound like this. And there's sheep and cows and chickens. Just for those on the podcast, I'm describing it. So They're feeding the little They have a animals. lovely collection of animals, but wanted some ducks to complete the picture. <laughs> so they got in some fertilized eggs. On the day they hatched, Ronan went to check on them, but couldn't find the ducklings in the barn. Within seconds of that, a cat jumped down from a pigeonhole within the shed over there, and uh, I kind of put one and one together, and I just presumed that the, the cat had swallowed up the ducklings. At this stage, they were missing for about six hours, so Ronan thought there was no hope at all. After searching around the farm, they eventually found the ducklings, but unfortunately, the cat, Della, had got there first. I ended up catching the scared. cat with a duck in her mouth at this stage. And um, it really looked, Ronan was like, she's going to kill the duck. I was thinking, oh no. Yeah. We're only after getting them back and now she's going to eat them right in front of us. Then <laughs> Emma noticed something unusual. I was like, Ronan, she's not actually forcefully holding this duck. That's when the amazing thing happened. We put the, the cat down. Uh, put the ducklings down and then all of a sudden the three little ducklings waddled straight underneath the cat the cat lay down on her side put her paw <laughs> over one of the little ducklings and was kind of nursing the duckling in towards us so we were I mean just absolutely mm. blown away with this because normally <laughs> cats would eat little small birds but it was absolutely it was, it, was, it, was it was awesome it was just incredible to see it so cute. She was um, very content at this stage she was purring and she was really loving towards the ducklings when I was petting her down, um, I noticed that she actually had given birth to three kittens only within an hour or so beforehand. Oh, come on. It was a very lucky coincidence for the ducklings that the cat found them just after giving birth herself. <laughs> for a narrow window of a couple of hours, mothering hormones will have been coursing through her body, right. causing her to more human than Republicans. Any small, right? warm, furry creature she found next to her. I have no doubt whatsoever that the cat was thinking dinner if she had seen them either maybe a couple of hours before or a couple of hours after. I have no know. doubt that she would have put the napkin around her neck, knife and fork, salt and pepper, the whole lot. You never know But it was that. when they came to move the unusual family into a safer spot 
that they got an even greater surprise. As soon as we lifted up the cat, <laughs> uh, that's when we were totally amazed because the ducklings were actually latched on to the to the cat's nipple, so... They were hanging from her. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very The bizarre. ducklings were suckling the We've little kitten. The I mean, the cat. Thought, oh, my God, yeah, there's something crazy. very, very strange happening here and something very strange and also something very unique, you know? Duck mums don't produce milk and ducklings are born ready to find their own food and water from their surroundings. <laughs> so to see them suckling a cat is extraordinary. Experts can only guess that their natural foraging instinct calls them to come upon the milk as an unexpected food source. And their desire for warmth and comfort kept them close <laughs> to their foster mother. Ronan was keen to separate the ducks, fearful the cat's predatory instincts might kick back in. But Emma, being a midwife, recognized something that she regularly sees at work. There was just so much love there, you know, and like I see it every day in the labor ward. They just want to hold them babies so tight and close. It's a moment that just lasts forever. And I could see that happening with the cat and, and the ducks. It just took me a while to convince Ronan. I guess it's Ronan, they're just so in love. They're just, they love each other. Like you can't break this bond. It's amazing. Before long, the ducklings started to outgrow the kittens and gain their independence something the cat wasn't so happy with. Look These at ducks, her She's yellow kittens, up. were a lot She's more active, them back in the found it hard to control them. <laughs> she was trying to bring them back underneath her and say, now be good like your brothers and sisters. So sweet. Several weeks later, the kittens are still small, and the ducks, although independent, <laughs> still have an attachment to their surrogate mum. So it would seem that this rare coincidence of a cat giving birth just as the ducklings were making their first steps into the world resulted in this remarkable situation. Filled with an instinct to mother small furry creatures, the cat ignored any natural urge to eat the ducklings and took them on as her own. Mm. Now, it could be argued that all of this only happened because it was a domestic situation with animals that were unusually close to each other. But there are other examples that suggest the mothering instinct is so strong, this can even happen in the wild. Yeah, I just thought, oh no, it interrupted. Oh no. Oh no. They cut the stream. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Because I played a s another video? <laughs> Alright, guys. Well, this is a good place to end it, then. We stick together. We win. Thanks for hanging out. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna 
Peace out. The stream ended on YouTube very suddenly because I violated YouTube policies by playing that video, I guess. Wow, how weird. I gave them credit, but all right. I guess live and learn. Live and learn, guys. My name is Tara Devlin. Please have a wonderful holiday, and I will see you maybe on my birthday, the 27th. I might do a, a show during the afternoon and because I'm going out that night. But if I don't see you Friday, I will see you on Saturday. Have a great Christmas. See you soon. And Saturnalia, I mean. Have a great Saturnalia. What am I talking about?